Hello, welcome to Ordinary People. Um, believe it or not, this is the 10th episode of this season, hard to believe. And so it's only right that we bring on a couple of ritual legends uh, onto the show. Um, but won't be the same without Andrew. Say hello, Andrew. I'm here. I'm here. You can't see me without here. <laughs> and Neil is going to introduce her guest. Neil, do you want to uh, go ahead with that, please? Good stuff. Thanks, Paul. And uh, good to be back on with you and Andrew. Number 10. I didn't realise we were at number 10. A good round number. And it, it, I've been looking forward... This is one of the ones I've been looking forward to for a while. And uh, Gary McCoo and Neil McGaw are joining us, joining me tonight. And really grateful for your time, lads. And uh, representing Rich Hill Football Club. We're going to talk a wee bit about that. Um, but why don't we just start with a quick introduction, let people know who you are uh, and a wee bit about what you do. And I'll start with you, Neil, if that's okay. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good to be here, Neil. Thanks for having us. Uh, Neil McGaugh, uh, originally from Armagh, born and raised in Armagh. I moved out to Rich Hill 22 years ago. So I suppose I'm classed as a blow-in, still a blow-in. Uh, always had an interest in football and then whenever I came to Rich Hill 22 years ago I decided to join the local village side because I didn't know anybody and at that stage I moved from a team at top of the league to a team at the bottom of the league but I enjoyed my time we had a, a bit of success along the way we had some good times but most importantly I got involved in village life and then unfortunately uh, the age uh, came upon me I could play no longer so I stepped into the committee and from that then on to chairman. And so currently the chairman of Rich Hill Amalgamated Football Club, following the amalgamation between Rich Hill Football Club and Broomhill Football Club back in 2016. We can talk a little bit about that later on. But and then outside of uh, football life, obviously family, wife, two children. And I'm employed as a post-primary school principal in Newtown Hamilton High School in, in South Armagh. Super. Thanks, Neil. Uh, Gary, just in case there's somebody doesn't, just in case there's somebody that happens to be on this call that doesn't know you, introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, Gary McCoy, born and raised Rich Hill all my life. Uh, played for Broom Hill, then joined Rich Hill, then now Rich Hill is uh, amalgamated. Sorry, Neil. <laughs> so uh, basically, my role is I. Neil, Neil does all the paperwork, does all the registrations. I'm, I'm the gopher. I'm kit man, you name it, I do it. Anything manual, I do it. Uh, engaged, Jane, two children, then the rest of the kids here too. So, so. Brilliant. I think that applies to you, Gary, for not just in the football club. Anything needs done, I'll do it. I think that's true. Oh. I think that's your title for around Rich Hill as well. I'm getting an awful harassment off the young fellas about the village because when I tackle them now, they go, huh, imagine there was a Rich Hill page when you were running about. <laughs> Very good. Huh? What you said, lad, like? That's a good one, isn't it? Uh, well, what I said, mm -hmm. is, I says, listen, lads, we never harassed anyone or wrecked anything. I says, we went down to the park, the police come down, Alan Patton, who run the park, left a bin bag down, and he says, "If you don't rack anything, 
put it in the bin and he says there'll be no problems. Mm. Police come down exactly the same. So I says, listen, lads, we we don't want to give you a hard time, you know, but you need to stop setting fire to the park, racking people's property and so on, you know. That is a that is a timely uh, timely word for us uh, <laughs> at the minute, isn't it? Um, so what what are you still playing, Gary? No, well I tried to put a bit of duct tape around the knee now and again, but I had a, bad, then, you had a real bad injury, didn't you? That's right. I had my knees completely gone. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't even actually uh, went on a sub that day. So then, like it's it hasn't been right for the last seven or eight years, like so. I'd have been a wise man seven or eight years ago to hang the boots up. Because I can't even check about with the children in the backyard now. My knees just wrecked. So hopefully when everything gets back to normal, you get an operation. Like. You and me, we could spend another we could spend half this podcast talking about injuries and uh, how how good we used to be and now we've uh, times caught up with us, isn't it? What about uh, you? I don't I don't think I I, I wasn't that good, like, did a free and the odd howler, like. <laughs> I bet a lot of pressure being a goalkeeper, though, isn't it? Oh, McGaugh, McGaugh, know all about that. He's all, you, he's all the league titles, he's all the medals in the house. Where did you play, Neil? Same position, goalkeeper. Really? Yeah, goalkeeper as well, yeah. So, yeah, some good days, some some bad days, three and odd, one in here and there, but that's, that's the game, but you still keep coming back for more. It's hard to get away from it. Yeah. Um, Gary, tell us a wee bit about uh, work life. How's work? How how's work been? What do you work at? And a wee bit about how that's how COVID maybe has even impacted. Uh, well, I work for David Jamison Roofing. Well, we're called Roofing Like, but we do building works. Just basically anything that's special to who works. So basically, this time last year, we're absolutely flying. Then obviously. The lockdown kicked in. I would normally do all our government work, so okay. I'd be I'd be everywhere. Like you know, you'd be one minute you'd be in a job center, and the next you'd be standing on the roof of the Royal Court of Justice mm. and everything else. So from being in lockdown, I was still getting one or two callouts. So was, but you see, before that, we we could have been getting forty to fifty, you know, callouts a day, and from that, there's only what coming in at the minute you'll be a bit lucky if you have 15 a day really so you what it's and you see just going about obviously I have to go about because on the job there's still rules leaking door handles breaking just going about at the minute around Belfast and everywhere you go like it's just ghost towns and when you're walking in the government buildings and you're just looking around all the offices and nobody in them mm. You know, thousands of deaths empty. So it is, but I was told her that they're thinking that basically letting people start to work from home as from now on as life. And a whole lot of these buildings will be getting handed back. Well, there's going to be a lot of changes in there. Yeah. It's a good job. There's plenty of reflex. We've given you plenty of those. Oh no! Just don't even talk to me. Huh? Um, Mad. Neil, obviously, you've told us a wee bit about what you do, and um, education has been has been affected yeah. in, in a massive way, hasn't it? And you just tell us a wee bit about what that's been like from your perspective. I think that'd be really helpful for us to hear. 
Yeah. Well, COVID has changed everything in terms of education. And uh, today is obviously the, the anniversary of the first lockdown. And people on the news today have been reflecting on that. And, and I too have been reflecting today. And I'm thinking back to not to the 23rd of March 2020, but the 9th of March 2020. And on that particular morning, my phone rang at five past nine in school and was called from the PHA to inform me that we were the first school in Northern Ireland to have a confirmed COVID-19 case. Mm. And my life and my <laughs> just changed dramatically from that particular moment. There was a massive media attention on the school. And I think in the, in the space of 24 hours, I had over 240 calls, stroke messages. And uh, dealing with the media and then trying to work with the community fear as well, just total fear within in the community. And um, but fortunately, uh, my employer, the Education Authority, the Department of Education, the PA, PHA, they were a tremendous support and they helped us navigate through that difficult period. And then we went from that straight into this new term, remote learning, which was new to everybody, the pupils, parents and staff. And it was sink or swim, no training whatsoever, straight into that online learning. And that problem's made worse in South Armagh because the broadband is not great. And there's a major problem with still with broadband in the South Armagh area. So we were trying to deliver remote learning, but yet children could not access materials and resources and so on. But we did our best with instructions, work packs, audio books, pre-recorded videos, lessons. And then you went straight in then to calculated grades, centre assessed grades for GCSEs. So we got through that. And obviously the whole summer was dominated by are we coming back on a full return, a partial return, and preparing for that. And then right at the very last minute, we were told it was a full return to school. So many things sorting like bubbles, risk assessments, one-way systems, sanitizing stations, cleaning the tables, social distancing, face masks, transport, uniform, no events, no extracurricular activities, no PE, sport in school. So it was a very, very difficult time for children to come back to school. But we were fortunate in that we had no closures during term one. And we managed to work our way through to, to Christmas. And then over Christmas, the news breaks about escalating numbers with COVID and the possibility of further school closures. Mm-hmm. And then just right at the end of December, I think it was the 31st of December, we got the word official confirmation that schools again would go into a period of remote learning. So we've been working our way through that and I think a greater expectation this time from parents and community to up the, up the game just across the whole country. So a lot more live lessons and the pressures of that there and, and the problems associated with that, particularly in a community where the, where the broadband's just not as strong. And bringing right up to date, we're back now to calculating centre-determined grades and then the latest thing is the lateral flow testing, which we're trying to implement mm. in school. So it's been a very, very busy year, challenging year, but I'm fortunate to have a good team around me in school and with good pupils and good parents and good staff. And we've had to adapt and there's been a willingness to be flexible and that's been <coughs> important. That, that, that willingness to be, I was just going to say that, that how flexible you've had to be over the last yeah, year. well, just a very simple example. 
we were unable to hold our annual prize given. And that's a big a big night in our, in our school because the whole community comes together and we celebrate <coughs> the success of our pupils. We've been able, unable to do that this year because of obviously numbers. Uh, so we've had to think, we, we've tried several times, but it ha- kept having to be postponed. Our latest plan is at some stage after Easter, we're hoping to have a prize distribution drive-through where you drive through the school grounds you. and you pick up your, your certificates and your trophies and get your picture in the car and drive on with social distancing and adhering to all regulations. So we've had to be adaptable, we've had to be flexible and just have to work our way through these problems. Yeah, yeah I know like your my experience for schooling has been my kids go to go to Hardy, which is our local primary school here in Rich Hill and I uh, I honestly have been amazed at at the work that that the teachers have put in. I've been amazed at how they've adapted and uh, at a time my, my my second oldest boy he was supposed to do the AQE and I suppose engaging with Elaine Anderson at the at the at the Hardy just having to react to the information that they were getting. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been difficult and of course. You know, the, the, the picture's changing all the time. So very often you're getting information at, at the last minute and you have to react very quickly. But it is what it is. You just have to make the best of it and, and, and hopefully make the right decisions moving forward. Well done, honestly, for play. Um, just when you were talking there as well, Neil, about most sport. Gary, I'll come to you. And how much have you missed, like... Just the, the football club being able to run the training and all of that. How much? How much have you missed that? How much of the the players that use that you are looking after? How much are they missing that? All the players and management are devastated, like because we were on a very good run so far. You know, we've got a very good squad put together there, and I think we only lost two games, and obviously the season's been you know called off. So all the everyone was buzzing. Seconds, they I think they only got one game, and Lee was later very good squad there as well. And Collie Wilson, Will the any what they I think they got about six games, and they they have a real good squad too. So it it wasn't nice, like, but at the end of the day, what do you do yeah. if it's going to save lives, you have to do it. Yeah. As for as for myself, I've actually pretty enjoyed it because <laughs> I, I I take off of migraines, and you see. See the last year when we talk about two migraines. Oh, really? You know, so the pressure a lot too, like, because you're going from being absolutely flat out. Yeah. You know? Is that where the migraines came from? Being tired? Pardon? Is that where the migraines came from? Being tired? It must be. <laughs> you know, like, my, my Friday night was get the fixtures up. Saturday morning was put the fixtures up again. Get down to the park, get the kits out, sort out the kits for the first, for the seconds and thirds. Then it was up to the football club, O'Neill, sorting out bonus balls and all to bring extra money into the club. Then you're coming home and it was bang on the phone, putting up all the results. So the time you look, you know, the night's over and Jane sitting looking at me going, you on your phone all day, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you weren't getting time with the family, you know, that way. Yeah. But then again, the children love it. Like, the girls come down with me there and set up, and yeah. they love it. And Jane loves getting down to Saturday and up 
the club after and said made the food and all, you know. Yeah. But well, let's I just don't kick. let's keep talking about that for a, a wee minute because as I was saying to you just before the call, um the amount of I suppose that's the first thing to start with, the amount of kids that I now see down on like match days down in the park. And it, like to me, seems like so much more than I, I've ever seen before. Just feels, well, just feels a bit more like a family type setup. Oh, it is like well, there's myself. Like no, no lie. Like I, I would have thought nothing on a Friday night when out and getting drunk. Saturday didn't care if I played or not. On Sunday getting drunk. Then I met Mister McGaw one day. With, when I was up the street and he asked me what you know me and him talked and he says would you like to come to the football club so I've been playing for Broomhill so I had I was Broomhill and then Armagh Blues then Neil me and Neil talked one night and like back in the day Broomhill and Rich Hill hated each other like like we used to run discos and if any Rich Hill players would have come there would have been a full scale rat like because <laughs> we were what we won the them being there. You know, so so from going from being Broomhill loyal to going to Rich Hill. Amazing. You know, like uh, Roger Young, Roger was a manager and with Paul Rogers and the Ford Bros, you know, like it was absolutely brilliant. And then I went to Rich Hill with Neil and I think I sort of brought that there to Rich Hill mm-hmm. so I did so then I started to wise up and I met Jane then the children and I like looking back I wish I would have done it years ago like you know from running around just not caring to having a family now yeah, you know it's unbelievable and then unfortunately Broomhill you know we're going to fold and then they come to us you know about looking to amalgamate and we were open arms like you know so it was nice for me because I was Broomhill you know till the day and now I have the both clubs in my in my heart and you know it's brilliant like that's really good I'm really good to hear you say that Gary just about how there was that like intense rivalry but now like amalgamated into one like Neil can you talk a bit more about the yeah, there's no doubt there was an intense rivalry on the pitch, but there were good friendships off the pitch and mutual respect. But quite simply, the village wasn't big enough for two clubs. Uh, you know, we were competing for players. We were competing for sponsorship. We were competing for facilities. And it, it was challenging. And it, it, it did result in, a, in an odd disagreement here and there. But, you know, Broom Hill had some successful days. And then Rich Hill, Rich Hill would have had some successful days. But neither club could have sustained success in a small village with, with two clubs. So the decision was made to come together and, and, and join as one. And Rich Hill Amalgamated Football Club was formed in June 2016. And, and from then, we feel that the club has progressed. We have three teams. We have approximately 70 to 80 members. Uh, we, we don't have the resources that other clubs have, uh, but we have uh, developed ourselves as a... a a comfortable intermediate side, and, and that, that is our aim. And hopefully, you know, we, we can continue to progress. Uh, we've consolidated ourselves on small steps. We had a couple of real good years at the start with the amalgamation. We won a league, we won a cup, 
we got to in our cup final. Uh, and, and we're hopeful those days can return again, but football comes in cycles and there are good days and bad days. But certainly, uh, I believe we're, we're punching above our weight at the minute and the challenge is to maintain that there. And community support is important. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a you know, great believer in, in community. I think people, you know, we're very fortunate to live in a lovely little village of Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to give back to the village and to support the community, to support the local businesses. You know, I want a plumber. My plumber's from Rich Hill. My gardener's from Rich Hill. I even go to the hairdresser in Rich Hill. Uh, so I think it's important that we support the local community and the clubs and the businesses and, and work together. And I think that is coming through. And you're right on a Saturday. It's great while the, the match is playing that there's no, normally an all little match on at the side of all the young ones who have come down with parents and so on. And it's great to see that there. Yeah, and it is really, really glad to hear you say that, Neil, because I think that's one of the things that does impress me whenever you're down watching, like the, the businesses, you're talking about supporting them, but it's really good to see all the local businesses signs right around the around the pitch just fit like it's yeah and the businesses have stood by us you know it's, it's a difficult time out there and it's nearly embarrassing for us at the moment to go to a business and say you know can you sponsor us we're in the middle of COVID your business has suffered but they have they've continued to support us and we will continue to support them you know by giving them our business so it, it's good to see that good and there has been stuff that that is the club's been doing, Gary. Over over COVID, is not right. There's been some yep. there's been some things that they've still managed to do to 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 help people within the community. Can you t- tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, well, I was actually sitting at work one day and was just I was just looking. They were talking on the radio about schools. You know, the children weren't getting to see Santa and all. You know, at Christmas. So I actually. Don't know who enjoyed it more, you or the children. <laughs> huh? I, I, I did. I was in the back of Greg Gregory Brown's trike. I loved it. So basically, I was sitting and I was like, "This would be a great idea." I says, "We'll get Santa up the school in some way and get a load of selection boxes." But I was me being me. There's no thinking behind on It's just straight in. So I phoned, I phoned the school and says, Rich Hill Football Club would like to do some action boxes and maybe get some, oh, that's brilliant. No. And I says, 100%, how many children go to the school? And next thing it was like 475 or something. <laughs> I was like, do you what? <laughs> you know, so, so next thing I had to phone yourself and the likes of Brian Hines, Premier Properties, David Jamison, uh, Nick at the Methodists, you know, super value, the BEP, everybody, everybody chipped in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville and Philip at super value were brilliant. So they were. They, they had not done the selection boxes for near nothing, like, you know. So then I was walking, I was actually walking out of super value and Gregory Brown come up to me and he says, who's doing Santa? And I says, well, usually Ronnie Murhead would do Santa for us because we had to do something up in the football club, you know, for all the children. And Ryan Hill will come up and do DJ and have a wee, you know, afternoon for them. So I said, I says, I need to get on to Ronnie first. So I phoned Ronnie and he didn't answer his phone. So Gregory phoned me the night before and he says, so is Ronnie doing something? And he says, no, you are. <laughs> so Gregory, Neil got the suit, went up to Gregory, got him suited and booted. And he had the trike all done up. You couldn't you couldn't ask for better. It was absolutely unbelievable the way he had the trike done up. 
and you know yourself, Rossi, what it was like. Class. Yeah. Seeing all the children's faces and all, and unreal. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think, got, I think you got a bit of abuse off the P6P7s, did you? They were banned. They were, they were they were pretty cool. They weren't giving anything away. <laughs> so also, guys, yeah, important. Sorry, just to also to say that we also provided some hampers for those who worked in the chemist and the, the health center and so on, just in rec- recognition of the tremendous yeah, sacrifice that they were making. Yeah, during that during that first lockdown, when we were all at home. They were the ones really out on the front line. And just a little small thank you on behalf of the club from the community to say, well done, you're doing a good job. Yeah. And that was an, another initiative we were involved in, Gary. Yeah, uh, Ran, Ran Harper phoned me one day and it was a great idea. So it was. So he, he took the lead. He went, it was him actually done it all. So it was brilliant to see. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what I've appreciated about about you guys. You guys are here representing the football club is taking the initiative because a lot of people a lot of people can have good ideas and but it takes someone like you, Gary. Don't think if you start thinking about it too much, you'll you'll always give yourself a reason not to do it. And so I think yeah. it's, it's important that you like when you, you come up with those initiatives that you just go and do it. And then the oh. wonderful thing is is that they have you then have the you have built the relationship and the trust among other people within the community that you can then go to them and say, right, let's say, uh, will you get behind me in this? And it's been great to watch for the Christmas thing, for example, people get behind that. So. Yeah, then Paul Gwynn, he done the video and top class. The, the video made it when you seen it, like, it was right. absolutely unreal, so it was. Yeah, yeah good stuff. And, child, and the children's football too, you remember, on the Friday night's children's football, so where we're hoping to do that last summer, so hopefully that'll kick in this summer again, you know, we'll run six weeks of it. Yeah. You know, what's good too, because you know yourself, the ambassadors and all for that period, they don't have anything, they usually close down because, it's, so it's good to get all the children from all different clubs in, you know, just to try and give something back to the community. Yeah. So it is. Very good. Well, I was that, I enjoyed the Christmas thing that much, that from the start of this lockdown, I committed myself to growing this. I'm, I'm bulking out here as well. I'm going to dye this white by Christmas time because I, I fancy a few of those Santa gigs by the time Christmas comes back around again. Well, here, going, going by Nick, he's a new Santa Claus for the village. Like He did a good job. I, like be hard to compete with. be hard to compete with Reverend McKnight, wouldn't it? Well, you can keep Nick and we'll keep our Gregory now. <laughs> a Santa face off to Christmas time. <laughs> we'll put the freeze in, in their ring down the park and see, <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> um, we'll have to wear masks and all that sort of stuff. Though, need to do that. <laughs> um, we've sort of been holding off, been, I've held off, off long enough now. Uh, Gary, congratulations. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. Really, really good, and and it's been great to watch just on social media and Twitter the the school and the, and the football club acknowledging how how proud they are of you, the the school doing the same and many others. Uh, so can you just tell us for in case again somebody's missed the, the the news? Tell us a wee bit about this RMA sports sports person of the year award. How well, how it came about? Well, I was at Lisburn Post Office one day, and uh, David Jamison. 
the boss arrived, so he did. So we're up looking at the roof, and next thing, Mister McGaugh phone, David, and I was like, "What's that all about? Uh, you need to come down in the cheap. We need to have a talk." So I thought it was something completely different. I thought McGaugh was going to hit him for ten grand or something <laughs> to keep the football club going. So the next thing they got me into the Jeep, put it in the loudspeaker, and David said he had nominated me as one of the you know sports person of the year, as Neil also did. So I was like, great. And there were like there was like so many people nominated for it, and it's been cut down to the last two. And I was like, great. And they go, Well, it's going live on Friday and you and uh, a lady from Armagh, I think she was from Armagh, from Armagh Gaelic or something. So the two, it was too hard to choose. So they put us two into the hat. So that went from there. Like I was, I actually seen it, and I was going to nominate Neil. <laughs> so really? I did, you know. But obviously, they had got in before me, but I forgot about it. Like so, it was it was brilliant just to see that people actually acknowledge what I was doing because like I I just do everything out of my heart without even thinking. Like yeah. I could do something and somebody would go, Did you realise what you done there? And I would be like, What do you mean? And they're like, That that thing you done for that and I like and what you know, you wouldn't even, you know, think you're doing good and you are. Yeah. So it went on and on then there's a lot of stupid uh, posters made and and you see the Friday night when it went live, my phone never quit. Ping, 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 ping. So we're mad looking to know how we got on. So I got the phone call last Friday from Ricky from the RMIA. So he did, and he told me I'd won it like them. You know, so I was just driving down the road in the van, I was going to cry. So it was, you know, so. You're on your own. Pardon? Were you on your own when you got the news? No, was, we, Daniel Duggan down Sea Valley, he was with me. Okay. So he, he was sitting less looking at me, he was afraid to say anything. So he was, was emotional, like, you know, it's brilliant, sure. but, you know, winning something like that, you know, somebody actually appreciates what you're doing, like. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say it, like, I find myself getting emotional just, like, watching the amount of people that were just rallying behind you well, with the chill. I, he, he's extremely... Extremely well known, so he is, Neil. Um, Eddie McNally, who lives in Dean's Walk down Stevie Valley, he once said to me, if Gary McCoo and the Queen were standing in the square in the village, people would drive past and say, who's that standing with Gary McCoo? <laughs> so he's well, he's well known. And uh, the people did come out and vote. He's well known th- throughout the village, throughout the whole footballing community here in Northern Ireland. And he was getting votes from all over the country, but it was fully deserved because everybody recognizes the contribution that he makes, first and foremost, to our football club, but also to the community. And he'll, he'll always have somebody out. So, fully deserved. And he got to get himself dressed up and go up to the palace last Friday and collect his award. I know it was a proud day for him and Jane yeah. and, and the children and his mum and dad as well. So, fully deserved. And uh, we're led to believe he got a lot of votes. Yeah, well, going on to Facebook, I actually got banned from Facebook the last two days, so I have. <laughs> Why? 
there's been that many comments, people, you know, writing, well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm, if someone writes to me, I'm writing back to them. I, I'm not one of these persons who are just going like the comment, like, you know, if you voted for me or done something for me or I'm took time to acknowledge me, I'm writing back to you, like. So I started to write back to everyone yesterday. Next thing I come up, sorry, you have been permitted from uh, writing any more comments. So I was like, what's the solid? Then I had to disagree. So then you had to give it like four hours and start again. But it's probably a good job it did because it was on the phone all day. So I think I got the last one done there about two hours ago. Crazy. On, on, if I've missed anyone, I'm sorry, but I'll keep looking. <laughs> oh, what about, tell us a wee bit about the, go on ahead, Neil. So just fully deserved, fully deserved. Absolutely. But, what, but just, just to say, Gary is one of, we have a, we have a very good committee who are committed to their role. So Gary's one of a number, but I think everybody in our committee also recognises the work that Gary does. And on this occasion, Gary fully deserves the yeah. award. Brilliant. And it was a good day, Gary, collecting the award. Oh, it was brilliant. It was obviously uh, stables. I went down to the stables. I think, I think they don't have slots, so they did, you know, every half an hour slots. So I don't think they've told the cameraman that because he was he was raging. He said he'd be nerfed for like three hours and he says no one informed him they were doing it in half an hour slots. <laughs> so no, I got dressed up, Jane and the kids were all went in. You know, it was actually it was actually nice to get out, you know, <laughs> as a family. And actually walk about and see people and talk to people, you know, that sort of way. So it was saying, obviously, got the photos tucked and actually come home and went back to work. Because <laughs> I had a boy's roof open, so I had, so I needed to go and see that in. Um, yeah, they, were, they were impressive. Pair of, were they pinstripe trousers, by the look? They were, they were smart. They were smart looking trousers. Yeah. Uh, Jane, uh, it was one of the poor down, which are Reds dinner, so it was in the golf club. Jane, Jane got me the, the trousers and the shirt. Then I arrived down with a tie on. And she was like, I don't really think that goes with that, you know. You know, and at, at this stage, I'd lost my Richel mass, so I had to wear something to do with a football yeah. club. Yeah. So she says, that's all right, just you wear it. If you feel you're happy wearing it, you wear it. So... Ported Iron Football Club shared the picture of me with a tie, the mm-hmm. red and white tie, and it went on the Irish League page last night. Right. The, the one and only, and everyone started to write on, is he a Glenavon fan? Oh, really? <laughs> because of the blue and white tie. Yeah. You know, but as Neil says, we've got our committee there. A whole lot of people, even outside the committee, see if I want something done and I make a phone call, everyone's more than happy. Yeah. You know, so it's everyone's won the award. It's just not me. It's the everyone in the village, Jane and the kids, because white them, I I couldn't do what I do. My mum and dad, and basically just everybody. You know, very good, brilliant guy. That's really good. And I've actually got a lot of young fellas in the village who were lacking. You know, turned around now, so they're starting to see where I'm coming from. Role model, you know, so role model, role model. Brilliant guy, really well done. Um, just another, another couple of questions, lads, if you don't mind. Uh, I suppose I've been asking this of everybody, just maybe a wee bit of highs and lows, like 
personally or even within community life over the last year as Neil's already mentioned this is a this is the one year anniversary from the first the first lockdown and so I suppose over the last year um come to you first Neil maybe if you could let us in and what's I think I think from a, a football point of view the lows the stopping and the starting the uncertainty you know players not being able to train players having to change at the side of a pitch Bucketing down Marine, mm. you know, in terms of the highs, the football, getting back to play, being allowed to play football, getting team spirit going again. We started off the season by defeating the league champions, Bombridge Rangers, 2-0 away from home. And that really just kick-started us and we, we, we took it on from there, having a great start to the season. Uh, so, you know, from a football point of view there, the highs and lows, and then just thinking about my work, uh, obviously, school closures are a big, a, a big low there, and the impact that that has had on people's learning. And we're all parents ourselves, and we all know how challenging remote learning has been. It's not easy, uh, mm. but the high, I suppose, getting children back to school over the last week, few weeks, and, and seeing children back in their natural environment, not just from a learning point of view, but from a social point of view, and we need awesome. to get these children back to sport. But obviously, at the minute, the just government don't feel we're at that stage yet. But getting people out and interactions again, I think we have come a long way in the last year. But we still cannot drop our guard. We still have to be cautious. We have to be mindful that the virus is still there, and that there will there's going to be more difficult days ahead. But I think we're now better equipped to deal with it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, thanks, Neil. Gary, what about you? Uh, well, as Neil says, our get back to football, first match of the season, beating Bombridge away was amazing. So it was, got all the boys buzzing, and, you know, went on a bit of a run after that. And, you know, what do you do? Like, got called off, and that was it. As Neil says, it stopped and started. And, you know, you just got fed up with then. So yeah. the, break, the break has actually been good. Like, it makes you sit back and see what you were missing, you know, in family life. Because you're always just focused all the time. What people are phoning you, you're running around, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And you know, it made me to see like there's the girls made my school. You know, Jane and I was coming home at night. Jane's still sitting. Homework's coming flat out. And I'd been at work all day, and she had been sitting for hours upon hours upon hours pulling her hair out. Like, you know, as she says, you know. I was going to work, doing my day's work, then coming home, and she was still out. At least I was getting out. I know I was going to work, but I was still getting a break. You know, she was stuck in the house, you know, all day with the children doing their homeworks. You know, then those people around the village, you know, like the village has lost a plenty of people there in the last, yeah. you know, 12 months or a half, you know. You know, very good people. James Down Football Club have lost a lot of good people there too, you know. Yeah. So, what one of the, one of the amazing things, uh, Munkle there, he he wasn't well and he was admitted to hospital. So, uh, he got home. Then two days later, Monty she had got admitted, and she wasn't too good. So, I told this is you remember this is coming from you remember it was raining the day of the selection boxes, and I told you I prayed for the rain to stop. <laughs> and time we got to the school. The rain had just stopped. Uh, so myself and Jane told the wee girl to pray for Matt Damley. So I was walking up the steps 
the stairs of the house and I looked and there Anna was on her knees on the stairs. And I was like, what are you doing? She says, I'm praying for Aunt Emily. Mm. Right? So a couple of days later, Kyle was phoning them, oh, Aunt Emily's not good and all, you know. Then next thing, about two days later, she might be getting home. You know, so it, it just shows you what prayer does. Amazing. You know, you know, obviously you can look back and we've lost people, but when your time has to come, it has to come. You know, there's there's nothing you can do about it, you know. So that's that's yeah. the lows and highs. Yeah. So it is. A great story, I love that. Um yeah. thanks for sharing that. That's good. I'm really glad you highlight like you pointed out, pay tribute to those that we have lost in in our in our community over the last year um thanks for doing that uh and then just stick with you gary your I suppose your hopes your what's your your hopes for for the football club but also for for our community for yourself like what are your hopes what are you clinging on to uh, i suppose while we're still as neil said well, not at the, out the other end of this yet but what are you hoping for well, we're, me and Jim were supposed to get married in July here, like, but it won't be, won't be happening now. We'll have to put it back the next July. We're going to have a big day up at the castle. We'll organise the big tent and all, and, you know, dinner and a wee bomb playing and that, you know. We wanted to keep it in Rachel, you know, that sort of way. Good man. So that, we'll have to put it back the next year. So, well, but, yeah, get back to football, get Everyone in get hopefully in the summer they might let us do the kids football again. So would um, uh, I've been getting a lot of phone calls the last lot of weeks anti-social behaviour around down the park and that. So I have in just general around the village. So they like your sales down at the hub. You know, like the hubs closed too. If you can get them back in, like there's nothing for them to do. Yeah, you know they're running around the village. What do you do like? You know, so things like that there, get the community back to here, you know. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's great. Neil, what about you? Well, I think, first of all, on a personal point of view, I think the last year has made us realise, you know, get our priorities right and focusing on our families and our health. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, it's a time for us all to reflect what is really important in, in, in life. In, in terms of the football club, obviously we want to progress. We have aspirations, but it has to be realistic and sustainable progression. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to set, set our, our, our bar too high and we can't, we can't achieve it. I've seen clubs do that before and then the whole thing falls down around them. But we want to further develop our community links. We wanted to further develop our facilities down at the recreation centre and obviously get more people from about the village involved in the club. And, and that word community is important to our club. It's important to me. And, and I would just appeal to people, get involved in your community. As I said earlier, we're all very fortunate to live in this lovely little village. But give something back. I'm not just talking about the football club. Yes, we would love to get you involved in the football club, but... There's the Scouts, there's the BB, there's the Churches, the Improvements Committee, the School PTA. Give something back. Get involved in the, or in, the, in the community. That's important. And support our local businesses and support our local tradesmen and people within the village. And I think that focus on the community is, is very important because 
by everybody working together, we can make Rich Hill an even better place. We were very fortunate. It's a great place, but we can make it even better, better facilities for the young people so that we're not dealing with the issues there that Gary has spoke about there this evening, anti-social behaviour and, and so on. Honestly, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for that. I, th- I think it's so important. And I, and I really appreciate both I, both you guys. It's how you've uh, just put a lot of emphasis on community and family. And uh, and so it's, it's clear that, that just oozes out of you both. And so I think you're well within your rights to challenge us all around giving something back and to get involved. I would, I would echo that wholeheartedly. So thanks for that. Um, just whenever Gary, you were talking about uh, the castle, I can't not I can't not brings up castle gates. This is this is provide cause a bit of tension between uh, another one of our uh, colleagues here. Andrew's a bit upset. He's a Hillsborough man, and I I'm only mentioning this because I know that you, I think you had commented on Peter Cardwell's episode. Yeah, where oh, you, I, you were I outside the gates. I would do work in Hillsborough Castle, so I would. <laughs> so I asked the security yard one day, could I reverse the lorry right up to them? And he was like, oh, I'll do whatever you want. So I reversed the lorry back up to them and into the security hut. And he says, by the way, by I'm taking them, they belong to Rich Hill, they're ours. And he was like, you're what? And I says, I says they're ours, I'm going to take them here. Uh, you know? Brilliant. Although I, we need them back. Like I was actually working at a... Mom's house in Hillsborough there last week, and I was talking to them about them, like you know, and we got a bit thick over it, like oh, did you? Oh, I so whatever, he wasn't too amused now. So, it was, but I told him they'd be coming back someday. If, if me and Peter have to go down with the angle grinder on a flatbed lorry, we'll be getting them back. Now that I know, now that, now that I know you've got a what do you call it. No, you know, you've got access to the gates. You could, you're the man to get us in. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. I, I actually can't believe I've never got them back. Like At the end of the day, they're ours. Absolutely. You know, I don't care what anybody says. They come and talk to them from Rich Hill. Yes, they sat about for a while. They never used them. They melt down for the war, for the bullets and all. And they're just... They're Rich Hill's gates. They weren't made for Hillsborough Castle, they were made for Rich Hill Castle. I no. think Neil's planning on chinning himself to them. <laughs> <laughs> the more the more episodes we do with Rich Hill people, the more I the more like excited I get about like creating some sort of group to run down someday. Well make sure it's raining when you change yourself to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to give it to the like girl and the wee woman who's opened the DIY shop in Mitchell. Mm. You know, like every time you drive past Earl's, the amount of people outside it, the wee DIY shop hasn't got it. It's obviously brilliant, the stuff in it. You know, Kathy Castle there, you know, everything like yeah. fair play to the people. Yeah, very good. Great. Guys, this is, I've really enjoyed this. I really appreciate your time and, um, Really inspired by what is what you are doing, I think is are doing a great job with the football club and uh, credit to us both. I I always like to finish our times with a simple, just a simple like, what are you watching? What are you listening to? Or what are you reading? Either one uh, that you would recommend to us. While we're still in it, while we're still sort of in lockdown, what are you what are you watching that you could 
Uh, well, I wouldn't really be a person for watching anything really, even when the football's on. I'd hardly watch it. Yeah. So I wouldn't. But we're watching. What was that? There I was watching Call of Duty. Is it? Line of Duty. Late and Judy is watching that. I actually turned it on Saturday night and watched the five episodes. What did you? They don't think I got to bed till like two, half two in the morning. <laughs> then I watched that opera thing with James Nesbitt in it. Good man. It, it was very good as well. But well my mate. Gary Crozier's got my big Hugo fan, so at half one every day, Hugo has to go on the radio. And you should see the looks of some guys in my work when I put it on. <laughs> From half half one to three o'clock, I, they don't hardly talk to me. So don't. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I, whenever, whenever I hear that dilly dilly dee, I, turn, I can't get the radio off quick enough. <laughs> but it's brilliant. Well, as you mentioned, Gary Crozier, guys, uh, Guys commented tonight um, how much he misses the football matches, and he hopes it's hope it'll hopes it'll be back really soon. Well, that, well, it's been really good, Gary, out and about again, hasn't it? His football days are over, so they are. He got a stint in there, so he did. So, you know, when you get a stint in, he's not allowed to pick up the balls, fill the water bottles, nothing, nothing like strenuous like that anymore from us. So he's not. You're gonna get. You're going to go easy on him now. Oh, he's brilliant. You see, down there when I'm training and I'm under pressure, and the boys will go, we need more water. He'll, just, he'll go up and bring them, get them filled, bring them down for me. Brilliant. You know, I bring it, like if we're playing away or anything, I would bring him over with me, like, and he'd be out lifting the combs and lifting the balls, you know. Loves it. Very good. But the one thing I'll have to give him, you know, the match will be over. And somebody will turn around to Gary and go, well, mate, what was the score? I don't know. He's missing that place, so he is. <laughs> Happy that, like. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's brilliant to see him back out. He's buzzing. He had a very hard time there, so I'm happy yeah. to yeah. see him back floating about. Yeah. So, uh, so, I think he's a mix. Somebody steal his umbrella. Yeah, Neil, what about you? What are you watching or reading? Well, over the past year, I've had a lot of educational documents to read about COVID. So the last thing I want to do when I get home is to read a book. Yeah. Uh, but I'm watching, watching quite a bit of television during lockdown. Uh, my wife and my daughter, myself, are great at fans of detective type programs. So, you know, Silent Witness, Death in Paradise, Vera, Frost, Midsummer's Murder, Murders, but more recently, during lockdown, we've been watching the Mallorcan Files set in Mallorca. Uh, yeah. It's quite good, beautiful scenery, and also Shakespeare and Hathaway. My daughter has got me not onto as well. So we record these in the afternoon when yeah. we're at work, and then we sit up at night and watch them. So and I think detective programs and great interest in that. So yeah, it's been good, 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 good to spend a bit of extra time with the family because. Life is busy. Life is good, but life is busy between work and football and family. But the break in football has just allowed a bit more family time and uh, to sit down and watch a good program, a detective program together has been, been fun. So, yeah. Good. 
see myself maybe a detective in another life maybe <laughs> you actually look like one <laughs> well you're you're actually you. pretty good you see you know socks or short or something like when I would when Jim would wash the kit sir and I would give you the kit back and your phone going guy there's one sock missing you know <laughs> then the next time Neil starts looking for evidence then I'll start next thing he's, the whole club gets a message we have one sock missing <laughs> you know there's and and it doesn't stop that he finds it, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, trailing through CCTV, oh, fingerprints, that sort of thing, you know. Neil, you're not a Columbo fan, are you? <laughs> oh, they yes, anybody, any oh, detective yeah. program at all. <laughs> Lads, uh, thanks again. Uh, really, really enjoyed this. Um, and uh, good luck. Uh, thank you. Rest of the. Well, no, no, not not the rest of the season, I suppose. Where that's a wing season. I'm just looking at you there, Dossie. You see, if you did change yourself, Blim, you gets a lot beard and all at the minute. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I think you're there for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can tell by my belly that I haven't I've been still beating eating plenty. <laughs> Right, lads, we'll catch up again soon, but uh, really appreciate your time tonight, and um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Ordinary People was hosted by Neil Dawson. It was produced, edited, and engineered by Andrew Griffin and Paul Woods. Head over to OrdinaryPodcast.com for show notes, links, previous episodes, and all the ways you can contact See you next time.